RTI Time Machine. Today's time traveler is John Van Trieste. And the destination, the world of maps. What's in a map? That's the question asked in Something About Maps, an ongoing exhibit at the National Museum of Taiwan History. Taiwan has appeared on maps for centuries now, and this exhibit traces the evolution of Taiwan in maps through several eras of Taiwan's past. Throughout, the exhibit shows that maps are full of meanings and intentions that make them more than just a tool, telling us you are here. With me to discuss something about maps and the maps it contains is Shi Wencheng, head of the museum's research division and the curator behind this exhibit. The exhibit begins with Europeans who entered Taiwanese waters in the 16th century during a spate of mapping worldwide. During the 17th century, two European nations, the Netherlands and Spain, would colonize parts of Taiwan for a time, the Dutch in the south and the Spanish in the north. The maps they made of Taiwan begin with confusion. Different map makers early on seem uncertain about exactly where Taiwan is and whether it's one island or several. In addition, there's more than one name used for Taiwan. Variants of the Chinese name Liuqiu, a name usually associated with Okinawa, are common. It's only later, with foreign bases on the island and closer study of its geography, that a shape like the Taiwan we know today emerges. As for the island's name, Europeans eventually settled on Formosa, a name meaning beautiful that was supposedly given to the island by a Portuguese sailor on a passing ship. Mr. Shu says that the museum's collection is especially rich in examples of early modern European maps that feature Taiwan. Throughout the exhibit, a recurring theme is that maps show the attitudes of the map makers. I ask what we can learn about 16th and 17th century European attitudes from European maps that include Taiwan. He says that mythical creatures like sea monsters sometimes appear, and that a persistent blank spot far to the south continued to serve as the imagined home of a great southern continent. Western maps would continue to show Taiwan, but the Spanish colony fell to the Dutch, and in 1662, the Dutch themselves would be expelled, never to return. From 1683, the island's western side would come under the rule of China's imperial Qing dynasty. Qing period maps of Taiwan had different priorities. High among them, showing the line that separated Chinese civilization from the indigenous world that had not come under imperial rule. In the Chinese of the day, these indigenous people were referred to as raw barbarians, and as far as the imperial government was concerned, their lands were a wild no-man's land. Maps made this distinction sharp. A line running up Taiwan's west coast separated these lands in the interior from the coastal lands settled by ethnic Chinese 
and home to indigenous groups that had accepted imperial authority, the so-called cooked barbarians. In many areas, this line on the map corresponded to a physical line on the ground. It was marked by stone tablets etched with proclamations, with watchtowers, and with ditches two to three meters deep with an earth embankment to one side. Imperial subjects were forbidden to cross the line. As Chinese settlement spread northward along the west coast, the line was extended, cutting off western Taiwan from north to south. This separating line wasn't very solid, though. It was no great wall. Enforcement was patchy and hardly effective, and later maps revised the line gradually inland as ethnic Chinese settlement moved towards Taiwan's mountainous center. From the 18th century, Chinese settlement had reached Yilan in Taiwan's northeast corner. But beyond this, the center and the east coast of the island remained essentially blank in Chinese maps. Until the very end of the Qing period, indigenous people through much of Taiwan continued to live free of outside interference. They were largely written out of maps. Variants of phrases like, no people can be found here, are a common feature of the empty spaces beyond the imperial pale. By the late 19th century, though, Taiwan beyond the pale could no longer be ignored. The Qing dynasty was having big trouble with foreigners. In addition to Western powers testing the dynasty, there was also Japan, a growing power that had taken on board Western ideas. In 1874, a Japanese expedition landed on Taiwan to punish indigenous people who'd killed shipwrecked sailors Japan considered to be its citizens. Faced with foreign threats to the island, Taiwan's Qing governors launched a program asserting control over indigenous lands they had once ignored. Imperial maps began to show more of Taiwan. But time was running out for imperial Chinese rule on the island. In 1895, after a war with Imperial China, Japan took control of Taiwan for itself, ruling it as a colony. Again, with a change of eras, the styles and priorities shown in maps of Taiwan changed as well. Mr. Shi says that earlier imperial maps of Taiwan often followed what he calls the Shanshui, or mountain and water, style. This kind of map reflected real places, but it also presented the landscape in an aesthetically pleasing way, like a painting. Sometimes a bit of imagination was involved in these old maps. The new Japanese-era maps, by contrast, were concerned with scientific precision and usefulness. Taiwan was to be surveyed, catalogued, and analyzed in order to make it easier to rule. The maps of this new era sought to plot the distribution of Taiwan's population, its industries, and its natural resources, and to delineate between its indigenous groups. This process of putting Taiwan into maps was a success. 
According to Mr. Shi, it said that Japan ruled Taiwan through maps. In addition, Taiwan's Japanese rulers put maps to ideological uses. One place this was done was in schools. Textbooks used in Taiwan during the Japanese period introduced Taiwan's geography to children as a part of the empire's geography. Even the color used to show Taiwan on maps matched that used to mark Japan proper and Japan's other possessions. Japan would rule Taiwan for 50 years until the end of World War II in 1945. But Taiwan's map history doesn't end there. Join us again next week when Mr. Shi takes us on a tour through the highly political maps of the Cold War era. He'll also show us maps made through a collaboration between the museum and people living nearby, maps that reflect today's democratic Taiwan. He'll share his thoughts on what the rise of online maps means for map making and talk to us about one or two of the rare maps on display in this exhibit. I'm John Van Trieste, and I hope you'll join me again for that next week. The Sound of the Amis Tribe on Radio Taiwan International. <laughs>